0: what's up y'all and welcome back to another episode of the resilient body podcast i'm your host dr Arnika, the not so typical chiropractor and today we're talking about mris specifically how you are not your mri Today's episode is inspired by conversations I've been having with patients who've come to me after they've spent so much time and money on imaging, and in my opinion, unnecessary imaging, because at the end of it all, they have not got the answers to actually solve their problems. So now they're just right back in this cycle, and they kind of get pushed towards certain things, and most of the time, that next thing or last thing is surgery. So I want to share with you a little bit of the conversations that I have with those patients and truly getting them to understand what their MRIs or whatever the report means by explaining to them what the difference between an x-ray and MRI are, which are the two main imaging that I hear a lot about, why you shouldn't rely solely on your MRI. And those uh, those of you who are listening to this episode most likely have went to get some type of imaging in your either neck or low back area. So today we're going to focus on low back and I'm going to give you specifically some movements to help kind of relieve some of that low back pain and stiffness. So let's get started. First off, a little bit of background. Let's talk about the difference between an x-ray and an MRI. An x-ray is something that allows us to only see bone, which is why when you get an x-ray of your back, you see the bone areas, the bones of our vertebrae, and in between, it looks like an empty space, even though that's where our discs sit. When we have things like disc bulges, disc herniations, those things that kind of push on those pinched nerves, that can mean that we have a lessened disc, which means we have less space in that disc, and the only way they can see that from an x-ray is if they were to measure the space between bone to bone. That's the only way, because we can't see soft tissue, aka we can't see the discs in between our bones there. Now, an MRI is where exactly we see those soft tissue things, those nerves, those blood vessels, all that is seen within MRIs. Now, most of the time when people are having any type of low back pain and they want to go get imaging or they talk to their primary about it, they first send them for an x-ray to see the bones. From there, maybe you'll get some degenerative, uh, you know, uh, they call it DDD, degenerative disc disease. Um, Maybe they'll give you that diagnosis. They also may say you have some arthritis going on, but those are kind of the main things that you see because everyone is going to develop some degeneration changes in their spine. The whole goal of movement and learning how to support your body is so you can lessen and kind of slow down how that happens. But you see an x-ray, you kind of get some of those common responses, um, unless there's some fractures or extra stuff going on. And then either they kind of send you for the next image, which is MRIs and hoping to see, I guess, if you have a type of disc herniation, disc bulge happening. But there are so many cases where you actually don't see anything on these imaging, but the patient is still having pain. They're still having symptoms. And that's why we can't solely, which we're going to talk about a little bit, that's why we can't solely depend on MRIs. I've had people who have came to me thinking uh, after they said, I have sciatica, I went and I got my imaging done and they told me that everything is fine, but I'm still hurting. I still feel that pain going down my leg but I don't see anything on the MRI. That's a prime example of how you can't solely and solely depend on it. There are so many times where someone could be experiencing some type of pain or symptoms, and there's nothing to show for it on the image. Or there's times where we see stuff on the image, but they're not having any pain or symptoms. Prime example, one of my first clients back in like 2019 was this marathon runner. And she came to me because she was having... A little bit of low back pain and she had never got an x-ray of her low back. I don't know why, but at that time, um, we went and did an x-ray of her low back. From there, she had scoliosis. You could see the curve in her low back but this is the first time that she had ever had pain. And from there, that's when I learned that structure doesn't always dictate function. When I put her up on the screen and I saw this image, I saw that she had this scoliotic curve between her low back, between her upper back, but she was only pointing and showing me one area. She didn't have sciatica symptoms going down her leg. And from there, once we worked on relieving that pain, she was actually back to running and doing the things that she wanted to pain-free. But when you look at her and you put her up on this x-ray block, you'll see that her curve in her spine was pretty significant. You can't base everything off of an MRI. You have to base it off assessment and movement, okay? So I know that in this typical medical world, um, we spend so much money you know, and so much time trying to get answers. And we think that imaging, and we think that the x-rays and the MRIs, we have to see the problem to like validate that there is something going on in our body. And that's so unfortunate. And it's not that I blame you all, that I blame the patients. It's honestly the system that we're in, that we have to see something in order for it to exist. But that's not true. As I mentioned before, that some people, you can't see anything on imaging, but they're having those symptoms. Are you going to tell them that their pain is in their head, that they're actually not feeling anything? That's not that's not correct. So I've noticed that when it comes to MRIs and x-rays and any type of imaging, that it honestly creates more fear in people and makes them feel that their condition is worse than it actually is. Now, I'm not discounting imaging, and sometimes imaging is warranted. But I feel like I've talked so many patients almost off a ledge when they've come to me, freaked the fuck out, because after their imaging, they've been told that then the next stop is surgery. And they should be freaked the fuck out. Imaging is something that has created fear in people. And I've had so many times where I've had patients, Hey, can you bring me your MRI report? Let me go through it with you. These are a lot of big words that I know they sound scary, but let me break them down and sit and tell you exactly what's going on. It's nothing to stop moving about. It's nothing for you to freak out about. Let's talk about it and uh, actually tell you what we can do. I I honestly enjoy explaining those reports to people because seeing them become more comfortable and understanding their body and knowing that they have options that don't involve them having to get cut open is such a relief off of them. It's such a joyous feeling for me and just being able to understand and break it down to people's level, okay? So do not rely so much on imaging that you feel like your only option is surgery. I've had a lot of people who, you know, you kind of go through this cycle, right, where Your low back's bothering you. You've been feeling that sciatica pain, radiating, whatever you kind of ache, whatever you call it, down the back of your leg, maybe past your knee into your toes where you're feeling numbness. So you've went and got the imaging. You went and got the x-rays. You went and got the MRIs, which spent money on, which also probably had so much time in between that you're only getting worse. And the next thing they say is, oh, okay, cool. Maybe they see something in the x-ray or the imaging. Maybe they don't. But that next thing is, oh... Okay, something's here. Next stop is injections. So then you move on to those steroid shots, which you're only limited to get a certain number of year. And we talk about how they're supposed to help you. Little side note, when it comes to injections, I have seen both sides. I've seen people take injections and they are quote unquote healed, never felt pain again in that area, and they have kept it moving. I've also had people who've had injections that have not done anything for them and they are still in pain i need you to understand that injections are not to solve a problem long term Literally injections are to block those those pain receptors from you even feeling that you're having an issue it's only covering up the symptom it's not solving the problem long-term. I do believe that there's a time and a place for injections. For instance, I had a patient years ago who was having excruciating shoulder pain. Um, we were kind of not all the way frozen shoulder, but pretty much in the beginning stages of frozen shoulder. So what did she do? She had a scheduled injection. She went and got the injection, would help with her pain and inflammation. And then she came back to me and we were working through her shoulder and she did heal faster because she was in a situation where every movement with her shoulder was excruciating. And if we, we couldn't move it we could not start to heal it so what we started doing was she went and got that injection it helped and it actually decreased her pain enough for us to work on it and that's honestly the best point that I see for you to use any type of injection or any type of cortisone shots if you're using it thinking it's going to solve your problem long term like well I got to get a I got to get a cortisone shock for my low back every quarter I have many times they do it that's still not serving the that's still not solving the problem You're only making it worse because you don't know what's really causing your pain. You don't know what's triggering it. You don't know what the underlying root cause is. You continue to do the same movements, sit in the same position, and nothing is changing because three months later, six months later, nine months later, you're popped up and that low back pain, sciatica, is back again. So... Don't rely too much on imaging and you don't have to go into the cycle of injections is first and then pills come next. And if that doesn't work, then maybe you get some PT thrown in there possibly. But most of the time that doesn't work when you sit into these in-network PTs and then it moves on into, hey, now let's do surgery. Usually when people come to me, I'm not their first choice. They have seen so many other people. They went and got the imaging from their primary care. They went and they got the injections that maybe they worked, maybe they didn't work, or they wore off a little bit. And then their next stop was that I have an appointment with the surgeon to talk about options when it comes to surgery. And it freaks them out. As it should. So the conversations that we have is letting them know that this conservative conservative approach is non-invasive, but it does come with you putting in the work. And it's so unfortunate that another thing with this uh, medical world is that we are expecting quick fixes with the injections that we take, with the pills that we take. That numbers from those four to six hours until we take another one. We are thinking that these quick fixes are long-term solutions, and they're not. They're supposed to be temporary. So we have to get away of this quick fix mindset because what you really have to do to put in that work so that you are not defined by your MRI and that you are doing the things that you love to do is that you have to be involved with taking responsibility for your own body. Something I tell patients is your body, your responsibility. So that really comes with understanding your imaging, understanding what the report says and what the doctor is explaining to you, and just truly understanding what you can do about it and the options that you have. I... I truly believe there's a time and a place for everything, for injection, for pills, for even surgery. However, I truly believe that you should check and see what your other options are before you have something that's so invasive. Something that regardless of if you go and get cut into your low back to replace a disc or to move this or to unimpinge or add some rods or whatever the stuff they did. Because I've worked with all of it. I've worked with all of it you are still going to have to recover from that because someone just cut into your body. So why not take a conservative route first? Why not see what's really triggering your body? Why not have a doctor that listens to you to truly understand what's going on? It blows my mind when I hear patients who tell me they've been to their primary, they go into the, if they even want in person, maybe it's virtual, if they go in person, they sit on the table, they talk maybe a little bit, And the doctor already sends them off, whether it's an x-ray, whether it's injection or just goes and gives them pills and they don't even listen to them. They don't watch them move. You can't, they don't even touch them. That blows my mind. You have to have some type of assessment. So if you are experiencing any of these things. If you know that you've been gotten all the imaging and either it does show something and you're discouraged and not knowing how to fix it and thinking that this route is your only route, or maybe it doesn't show something and you're still like, no, I feel some shit going on in my leg. Something is going on. I need to figure out how to resolve it. Then I definitely have you. You can click the link in my Instagram bio at resilience spine and book a consult call. And let's talk about some stuff. Let's talk about what's really going on in your MRI report and what your options are. Okay. Last but not least, let me guys get, Give you some let me give you guys some movements to help really relieve your low back pain okay so we are experiencing any of these low back pain symptoms or the sciatica symptoms First thing I want you to do is, you know I'ma start with breathing. Get on the floor, on your back, and do some diaphragmatic breathing. Making sure that when you take a deep breath in through your nose, that your belly expands so your diaphragm can drop. Then as you breathe out, that your belly goes back into that resting place. Focusing on moving your stomach a lot more than your chest. Okay, so diaphragmatic breathing, kinda calm down the area, calm down the nervous system. Next, we're gonna floss a little bit. So, when it comes to sciatica, um, that sciatic nerve actually is created from multiple nerves in our low back and it comes down through our glute down the hamstring and it splits up a little bit more and it goes down into our foot What you really want to do is you want to lay on your back and of course I'm gonna link these videos into the episode notes, but you want to lay on your back and either point your toe Or you can bring your toes back towards your shin, which makes a little bit more tension. But to start off, start with your your toe pointed and start with your knee bent to straight. So here's how you actually start to floss and get that nerve gliding in the pathway as it should. We don't want to do more than like 10 of these at one time, 10 of them in a session, because what we don't want to do is flare it up. Sometimes when I prescribe these flossing movements to patients, I have to let them know that it's going to feel better after you flossed it a couple times. That doesn't mean that we need to continue doing it. I don't want you to think of flossing as a stretch. We're specifically working on neural tension, not tension in the muscle. And there is a huge difference, okay? Next is our 90-90 stretch. One of the biggest muscles we talk about when you hear sciatica is the piriformis, right? And that's because the sciatic nerve runs underneath that piriformis. Or for some people, it even runs through it. So statistically, who knows what category you fall in. But this stretch is to really help you open up and lengthen out the piriformis. So hitting in this 90 hip stance, I love 9090 position. That'll help lengthen out that, that piriformis so that that sciatica can also glide and not be as compressed underneath there. Crossover stretch. This is another stretch to help stretch out your hip external rotator. So the piriformis along with deeper muscles to that all are surrounding the nerves that come from our low back, specifically our sciatic nerve. So a stretch to help lengthen out those hip rotators. And last but not least, a prone press-up. This is to literally get some relief off that low back. And if you notice that extending your elbows causes any pain or pinching in your low back, one, this could be a sign of some type of discs, um, not discs, Possibly if you're having some tension going down your leg, but it could also be a sign of something going on in your low back So if you are extending your elbows and it bothers your low back Then come down onto your forearms in that press-up position and just sit there for a little bit Okay, and take a couple of breaths I don't want you being in any position that causes you pain and you can't breathe through it If you can't breathe in that position that you don't own it I forgot who I heard that from but from one of the millions of podcasts I listen to but I believe that so try out these movements. I'm going to link them into the episode notes. And I hope that you found today's episode super valuable. I hope that you understand why imaging and MRIs are not going to solve your problem and why you solely can't depend on them and how you don't have to see a problem for it to be there. All right. Everything happens for a reason. Everybody's body is different. Everything is connected and you can't truly know without some type of assessment. Okay. So Like I said earlier, if you fit into this category and you're struggling with any type of low back pain or stiffness happening right now, I have a couple options for you. Um, I also have a low back resilience program, which is an online program, that also be hybrid as an option. That I'll be opening up to the general public next week, so you have an opportunity to hop on that and join in if you want to. It's an eight week program, you're going to do eight weeks of one on one with me, and we're going to have three 30 minute calls. We're going to do some assessment, I'm going to give you specifically your individualized program, anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes a day, and we're truly going to start relieving your low back pain and stiffness, starting off restoring, rebuilding all the things okay so if you're interested in that click the link in the bio and join the wait list also if you are in person in sacramento we are located out in east sacramento if you fit all of this and you're ready to do something different and just honestly ready to see what other options you have out there that don't involve injections and pills and surgery then come check us out and come get an assessment all right so click the link in the bio schedule a free consult call let's chat it up and see that what our approaches, our whole body approach, and if it will work for you, if it's a good fit. So as always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better, and be resilient. I'll holler at y'all the next episode.